I am super excited to have you back for another episode of Red Receipt. It's a deep dive into the how and why of the brands we love and the creatives behind them. From blueprints to launch day, customers as community, and the detours in between. Big lessons and easy listening. Red Receipt is hosted by Antidote, the email and SMS marketing agency by people who hate boring email. Today on the show, I'm talking with Dr. Sarah Rahal, the founder of Armra, a bovine colostrum supplement brand that is revitalizing foundational wellness for modern living. After realizing the extent that Western medicine lacked in foundational health, Dr. Rahal set out to create a supplement that distills over 200 bioactives to give our immune barrier the support it needs. We explore bootstrapping a science-backed business, throwing yourself into unknowns, and learning as you go. As always, thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy the show. Where are you you based out of? I'm in downtown New York. Uh, I live in Battery Park, right by the water. Are you from New York originally? I grew up in the suburbs of New York in northern New Jersey. Um, my parents uh, are from Lebanon, uh, oh, but wow. I was born and raised here. And uh, what a, what what's your background before launching the brand? Oh my, I've, I've had um, quite an evolution <laughs> over the years. I come from the clinical medicine world, so I'm a... Uh, I'm traditionally trained, allopathically trained as a pediatric neurologist. Um, I trained in New York, um, did all my residency here at uh, Columbia. And I subspecialized in pediatric neurology and then in headache and facial pain. So I ran a busy practice for kids um, on the Upper East Side of New York, treating kids with headache and chronic pain issues. Oh my gosh, having chronic headaches as a kid sounds awful. Yeah, you'd be surprised how um, under-recognized, under-treated it is. Um, and chronic pain often has uh, a lot of different factors that feed into it. And I think that's largely the, the kind of the process that led me to do a deeper dive in medicine. And expand my training. So I also got trained in functional medicine and environmental health that a very holistic framework that I tried to bring into my practice and unfortunately learned that the traditional Western model um, is pretty broken when it comes to addressing foundational health and keeping people well. It's very good at putting band-aids on things that are broken, um, but that's not really the right approach when you're looking at the long term for a child who has, you know, 80, 90 years ahead of them, and you want to set them up for success, um, relegating them to a lifetime of medications and things that are just going to be a band-aid solution isn't really appropriate. Is that, uh, were you an outlier in that space, like looking to get trained in more of a holistic approach? Yeah, I mean, but I'm not, I'm not a stranger to that. Um, I've always had a, a little bit of quirk in how I approach things. So I was talking about uh, probiotics and gut health in my 
training and, and early on in medicine uh, at a time when people were looking at me side-eyed, like, uh, where did this quack come from? Um, so I was bringing uh, a lot of uh, integrative practice, evidence-based practice, but still considered integrative um, into the way I was treating kids. Um, and now uh, a lot of the paradigms are slowly uh, making their way into the more traditional models, but they're they're way behind the research in terms of how they uh, how they address um, chronic health issues, which have really exploded over the past decades. And we can get into why. I was going to say, why do you think uh, it is so behind? And also, how was it received in your daily practice when you started bringing in other elements? Um, so I I. Uh, had a lot of conflict in my department because of the way I wanted to practice. I wanted to do a deep dive to understand children's genetic uh, underpinnings and all of the environmental psychosocial demographic factors that were having an epigenetic impact and kind of manifesting in a lot of these chronic pain um, and chronic health issues that I was seeing. And that's not really a good setup for a model um, the model that we have in the West, which is very much based on volume and getting people in and out and, and doing procedures and, and writing prescriptions. Um, and so I, I had a lot of clout because I was the only pediatric headache specialist um, in the tri-state area. Uh, so I had a very long waiting list and, and I had a little bit of leverage, but eventually got tired of fighting against this system and really wanted to build something that could serve more uh, people than I ever could one-on-one -on -one in an office with them. Um, and at the same time, um, you know, I was, so I was seeing in my practice what I was reading in the literature, which is nowadays 54% of kids have a chronic disease diagnosis, 54%. And in the 1960s, it was 1.6. So our genes didn't suddenly mutate in a generation. These are all health issues that are being driven by the modern environment and a landscape that really rapidly changed in the past 50 to 60 years, um, more so than it has in the past tens of thousands of years of human time on this earth, were essentially like maladapted to thrive in the modern living condition. We have unprecedented pollutants in our air, we have pesticides in our agriculture, we have all of these um, chemicals that are completely unregulated in our bath, body, home care, even toy products. And then we see the ramifications of it very early in life in these vulnerable populations with kids who are developing. And at the same time, I, I started to have a lot of really, really debilitating um, uh, issues with my gut. And I turned to my colleagues for help, you know, the people who are supposed to know what they're doing. They've, they've gone through, you know, the, the, the decades of training like I have. Um, and they didn't have tools to help me. They um, it, was, it was really the first time I was confronted with this, um, this need to really take agency over my own health and start researching and digging and figuring out how to address things. And I think my, my world expanded significantly when I, when I did that. Um, and I started to stumble into a new realm, uh, which is kind of the birth of, of, of the idea that, that eventually spawned my business. you originally just start researching purely to solve your own yeah 
desires within health? Or did you ever have like the inclination that you wanted to be um, or to launch a business outside of like direct healthcare? Um, when I discovered that um, I had tools available to me at my disposal um, in terms of my exposure to environmental um, toxicants and the food that I was putting in my body and the nutrients that I was um, providing my body with and, and really appreciated for myself the ability of the body to heal itself when equipped with the right nutrients and the right environment to do so um, was when I had the, the, the courage and the confidence to think that I could build something that could serve, uh, serve the community better than I ever could one-on-one -on -one in an office. And that's, that, was, that was when I decided to leave. Um, I, was, I was researching at the time colostrum, which is the first milk that all mammals produce for like 48 to 72 hours after delivery. Because I thought I was leaving medicine to build a better infant formula. Because if you read the label of any infant formula, it reads like a, like a, like a chemistry experiment, maltodextrin, corn syrup solids. It is a chemical potion. Um, and over 80% of kids get infant formula at some time in their early development. Um, and it's missing all of the living bioactive properties of breast milk that are so important at setting the foundation in place for, um, for the body to thrive. And um, what, I, what I learned was that actually colostrum, when you dig into the literature, has a lot more benefits than just in infancy. It's actually got over 5,000 research studies documenting that it has health benefits at all ages. It's been used in Ayurvedic medicine for thousands of years for its health benefits as a vegan culture. It was used to treat infections before we had antibiotics. And there's even two recent studies showing it's three times more effective than the flu vaccine at preventing flu in elderly patients. And my mind was blown. And when I learned how it was really conferring benefits in the body, everything came together for me. Because now I had a tool to help myself personally with my health challenges. And I had a tool that now had applications for everybody else, a tool that could be accessible and useful and safe um, and, and, and a democratized, a tool that could provide democratized access to better health for anybody who took it. Um, because what I learned is that the way that colostrum works synergistically in the body is it does something very unique. It seals up what are called the mucosal barriers or the immune barriers. And what that means is just like we have skin as this physical barrier on the outside of our body that separates us from the outside world and protects us, most people don't think about this. We actually have the same exact thing that lines the inside of our body. It lines the entire inside, our eyes, nose, sinuses, mouth, lungs, gut, urinary, reproductive tract. It's our barrier on the inside. And it's literally the interface between everything we inhale and ingest from the environment and our bloodstream. And one of the most detrimental things and the first pathway 
that all of these modern exposures I mentioned um, harm in the body, it's pollutants, the pesticides, the chemicals, they break down the integrity of this mucosal barrier. They make it leaky, more permeable than it's supposed to be. That allows things to get into the bloodstream that aren't supposed to, to trigger the immune system inappropriately and drive inflammation. And inflammation is what underpins almost every single modern chronic health complaint. And it's the big scary stuff like autoimmune conditions and allergies and Alzheimer's, but it's also the everyday low-grade inflammation that's responsible for the health issues everybody has. Sleep problems, bloating, mental fog, low energy levels, these can all be traced back to the health of the mucosal barrier. And there are thousands of research studies coming out every year linking these issues with the mucosal barrier. And it sounds kind of new, but not really because we're all talking about probiotics and the gut and gut health. And so we're, we're, we're scratching the surface. We're starting to talk about this barrier in a very like uh, myopic way because the microbiome, these organisms, that's one layer of the barrier, but there are four layers to it. And it's not just in the gut, it's in the entire body. And what colostrum does is something very unique because we live in this world where our barriers are constantly being damaged by just by virtue of breathing and, 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 and moving and existing in this space because we can't avoid everything. But when babies are born, they also have a problem with the barrier because it's immature. So colostrum evolved as the first food that goes into a baby's body. It evolved 300 million years ago, specifically to go in as the first thing and seal up all the barriers like glue to protect babies after birth when they're most vulnerable. And it does the same thing when you take it when you're 10 or 50 or 90 years old. And so it's this like ancient, literal super, literally a superfood, ancient superfood that is uniquely purposed for the challenges that we all face living in the modern day. I have a few questions. How, uh, first off, all the talk about uh, gut health and the microbiome, do you feel like people yeah. um, introducing those new practices to try and improve gut health and uh, encourage a healthy microbiome are somewhat superficial uh, pathways to solve some of the problems that you're talking about because they're not at the foundational level that affects the entire body and it's more like isolated regions? Well, I, I, might, I might offer a reframe to that. I think, you know, the, the microbiome is one layer of it and so it's important to address, but I think it's easy to forget. It's easy to forget that we can't just isolate and pick and choose different parts of the body and think that we fix, if we, if, we, if we introduce one isolated fix here, that it's going to necessarily translate everywhere. The body is, a, is like an orchestra, it's like this living ecosystem and everything is communicating with each other and, and carefully orchestrated to work in sync. So, so 
in, in addressing the microbiome is essential, um, but it has to be done in conjunction with the health of the entire, the entire barrier. And, and, you know, probiotics are often touted as a solution to fix the microbiome, but, but, you know, we have to proceed with caution when we artificially introduce a living organism into an already living ecosystem in the body and everybody's ecosystem is different. Everybody's got different populations of bacteria. You don't know how they're gonna interact with one another. Most of the probiotics on the market, you're introducing dead bacteria into your system and susceptible people that can actually trigger inflammation, dead, dead bacterial particles. And so there are people who get worse on probiotics it's not a one size fits all solution. So, so the piecemeal approach isn't necessarily the safest, most effective, most, most um, you know, uh, inclusive one that's gonna, that's gonna confidently help most people who take it. When you take something like colostrum, which is a whole food, it's a, it is, you know, the, the term superfood gets thrown out around a lot. I think it's, it's interesting because we use the term superfood to, uh, refer to basically anything that is healthy for you <laughs> or anything that has a lot of nutrients in it. Um, but really anything that has nutrients in it should be taking, that's food. That's really what, that's really what all food should be. It's just that we have, we, we live in, uh, this is how divorced we are, how divorced we are from reality with our, with our food system. Basic. Most of what we consume <laughs> isn't actually real food. It's made in a lab and it's all, you know, it's all, it's all processed and, and, uh, and it's edible and tasty, but it's, it's not actually really food. Um, but, but colostrum is the only true food in existence. It literally, it literally only exists to be consumed for its health benefits. There's only a few things that exist for, like that. That the honey does, honey, honey exists like that. You know, um, there's only a few things, but, but it is a true superfood. It is actually a food and it is it acts like a blueprint in the body with all of these antibodies, peptides, growth factors, bioactive molecules. They have activating properties. It's like giving the body the intelligence um, to function in all of these pathways for optimal health. Um, and so it's addressing the foundationally all aspects of the body by restoring all layers of this barrier at all interfaces in the body, including the microbiome. It has it has prebiotics in it that are the most complete form of prebiotics in existence called milk oligosaccharides. You cannot get it anywhere else, only in colostrum. And they only feed the healthy populations of bacteria. So if you have, if you have uh, um, harmful bacteria in your gut and you take probiotics or prebiotics, you can feed them too. Not, not with milk oligosaccharides. They only, they only feed the healthy guys so the, so the bad guys die off. Um, it's really, really the, the most intelligent food um, that you can consume, and it's a whole food. And so it addresses the barrier holistically at all interfaces in the body, rather than this more, uh, you know, piecemeal approach when you take a supplement here, a probiotic here, et cetera, et cetera. Anything in food form is, is really has been optimized over the, the course of evolution to be suited for the body. Um, and so the, the, the older it is, the, the, more, um, the more it's been uh, perfected in, in co-evolution with, with human existence to be um, consumed and to be a match for health. 
And this is one of the oldest ones. How did you first start um, experimenting with taking colostrum yourself? Like, how did you even find, I don't know the process of finding colostrum and starting to experiment with it when it's not like the most popular. Yeah. It was, it was interesting when I started on this expedition because I, I went looking for colostrum after I, I, I dug, I dug up all this research and it was, I was just so compelled. Um, um, and of course that self-experimentation is the place to start, right? It's really niche. You can find it in more integrative medicine um, circles at some of the specialty uh, places. And it looks like a pharmaceutical product. It's, it's really, really medical. Um, so you can get it. But there, but there are some problems with, you know, colostrum because sourcing matters and more importantly, processing matters. You know, you hear it nowadays, everybody has a dairy problem with dairy, right? Dairy is like totally demonized. And for good reason, conventional dairy is not food. It, all of the pasteurization and sterilization process that it goes through to meet FDA regulation um, destroys um, destroys the, the nourishing properties that it once had. Basically heat denatures, it changes the shape of proteins. It's the enemy of any bioactive molecule. And so when dairy gets pasteurized, all these peptides, they change shape. And then when they go into the body, it's not recognized by the body. This is not what we evolved with. It's not recognized by the body as food and it triggers inflammation. And so people get bloating and skin issues. Sometimes in some cases, autoimmune conditions get, get, uh, get flared. Conventional dairy is not food. Um, and so colostrum is a dairy product. It's traditionally taken from, from cows. It's, um, it's actually a waste product in the dairy industry. And so I, I knew that there was an opportunity here to do better than what was on the market and what the, what the traditional ways were of, of, of making colostrum into something that could be consumed. Um, so I spent years in R&D and developed a, a low heat extraction technology that would allow us to check all the boxes with pasteurization and food safety. It's much more expensive to do it this way, but we could do it with, without using high temperatures. So all of those bioactive molecules stay looking like their natural bioavailable raw form. Um, and so it's a better match for the body, it can be recognized as by the body as food. Um, and then you know, I, 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 I built the company around this, around this product, this way of getting colostrum. And we source it exclusively from grass-fed cows here in the US on family farms, like pure, pure, pure stuff. And we did research and it's 32% more effective at conferring immune protection than standard colostrum that's on the market. And it's because of our, it's because of our technology. It, it looks like it's supposed to. Looks it looks to the body like the, this nourishing, wholesome food that it evolved to, um, to consume and reap the benefits from. Um, and it worked for me too. Uh, it saved, saved my life actually. I had to have um, 
my, my gut issue ended up being a, a pretty, pretty awful traumatic one. I had to have most of my colon taken out actually. So it was working with very limited real estate when, it, when you talk about the, the mucosal barrier in the gut. And I did not miss a beat because the stuff saved my life. I could absorb, I had good integrity of that mucosal barrier. I had great microbiome health. I could absorb well all of the nutrients I was taking in from the food, from food, even though I couldn't, uh, couldn't eat as much because of, because of my condition. Um, so, so I knew this stuff worked. Um, and then it was just a matter of, you know, building this into a business that hopefully could serve the, the customers that I, that I could put this in front of. And that was, that's kind of the, was the next step for me. How quickly did you start to see health changes within your, within your own life after you started taking it? Were you taking it daily at that point or? Yeah, I was taking, I was taking it daily. Um, I very quickly, I had, um, I had a, I had a lot of hormonal issues. My, my period stopped because I was so sick. My period stopped for a very long time because I was just getting sicker and sicker and sicker. And, and, and I had to have this surgery. Within, my, my period was gone for a bit, like a year. Within a couple of weeks on this product, everything came back normal. My hormones came back normally. It was ovulating, had a regular period and haven't missed a beat like everything stabilized in my body because it's a foundational pathway. It's not like, it's not like all the parts of your body are disjointed. It all feeds back to this working integrated machine that has to, that has to be, um, that has to be where all of the parts are integral to the whole. And this path, this pathway, this foundation, this barrier is where you're, where you're ex interfacing with your environment. And so if you can, can optimize the place where you're absorbing nutrients, where you're keeping out the bad guys, you put the guardrails back up, you get that, you get that, that gate back around your castle so that your body can do its job. Um, all of a sudden the body can heal itself. And that, 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 that means your brain health, that means your hormonal health, that means your metabolic function, that means your gut health, your immune health, your skin, your energy levels, everything falls in line. The knock-on benefits are whole health. It's tremendously powerful. There are moments throughout the years of R&D that you were doing, at that point, were you still working in your daily practice in order to support like the research and development side of it that you were doing? Were there moments that you, uh, were concerned that you like might not be able to commercialize or uh, create a product that would be like commercially available for a wider audience? I went all in, I, I left my job and I said, I need, this is what I need to do. This deserves my full attention. And I committed and it was a much longer, you know, everything takes three times longer than you think. And it's four times more complicated. Um, but, you know, I'm a problem solver at the end of the day, right? That's all any of us are, just solve problems, be resourceful enough, figure it out. 
Um, so I, I mean, there, there, it was tough. It was a lot, I failed a lot, a lot of times. A lot of times things, things didn't go my way. Um, um, it, was, it, was, it was a long road and, and you really, really, as, as any of your listeners who, who are uh, entrepreneurial know, you, you just have to, um, you, have to, you have to pick yourself up sometimes on a daily, on a daily basis and remind yourself why you're, why you're doing what you're doing. Cause it's insane. It doesn't make any sense. And nobody, nobody's gonna see what you see. Yeah. I mean, your story, like the health story attached to it makes it so much more obvious, like why you would even be interested in pushing through such a long development process and also have no interest in launching a product that wouldn't meet your own needs in order to like pass the test, which is also not built in for most businesses and most founders don't have that deep of a need to create a product that would stand up to their own testing or have like a way to test uh, in that rigorous of a sense. Yeah, and I didn't know how it would be received. And I, you know, so I started with beta users. I was I, I was able to get you know a little bit of, of product developed according to these specs, the, the, this uh, this technology, and I didn't know what the reception would be, and I didn't know if it helped anybody else. And I, I I'm it was I had a unique circumstance, I had a very severe circumstance, and how how does this fare with like an everyday an everyday person? You know, does this have um, meaningful changes that are noticeable that that someone's going to want to actually pay pay money for this. Um, it's a crowded space. There's a million supplements out there and it's very hard to differentiate and, and build a category. Nobody's heard of this before. This is not just another collagen product or another probiotic. This is a totally unfamiliar ingredient. Um, and so I started with some beta users and that was the first capital that came into my company. I, I bootstrapped everything up to this point. I, you know, I, I, liquidated some, some savings and um, I had a, a beta user who had had chronic allergies and sinus infections for their entire adult life. That completely went away after a few weeks on the product. Allergies went away, right? That barriers in the sinuses and the lungs, really good, really good at sealing up those barriers. Um, and I had a customer who had an autoimmune arthritis that stopped their pharmaceutical drugs. Now, I'm not purporting to cure, treat, prevent anything, but people were experiencing changes in their personal life. Um, in just, the, in just the, the few first people that I gave this product to. Um, and so that, that gave me the, the, the confidence and the ability to, to get to the next step and start scaling this. And then when we finally, we, we, I went out to market less than a year ago um, and I'm just humbled every day. Like my customers are um, having really profound experiences and that's, that's the mission of this, this business, right? Is uh, access to a an simple, safe health tool for like a dollar a day that meaningfully changes like a foundational pathway in the body for anybody who takes it. 
meaningfully changes the health of anybody who takes it. There are a million things to do when it comes to revamping your health in these days. There's a million things you have to avoid. There's a million options of supplements you can take. Food you need to you need to um, replace your your diet with. Got to worry about sourcing and ingredients and chemicals, everything. And we do the best we can with all of those things. But is there one thing that I could put into this world that is just a simple one one a one one thing you could do that is gonna make a difference? That's what this is. How did you think about after the beta group? I guess maybe this isn't even a focus, knowing that the results speak for themselves. But uh, because it's a new category or like a, an ingredient that people don't readily know about, and it's also not talked about uh, all that often because it's not very known, how did you think about like spreading the knowledge about it or getting people to understand the foundational health benefits that it does produce that come even before like all of the uh, myriad of, of uh, supplements and everything that they're bombarded with? Yeah. How do you break through the noise? There's, there's so much out there and it's hard to know what to trust, what to believe, where to turn. Um, there's a lot of options, but I think, well, I think that, you know, more, more broadly, I think we're in a very unique time. That's very, um, it's a very opportune window for uh, the introduction of a product like this that is somewhat paradigm shifting. I mean, paradigm shifting, not just because it's a novel ingredient, but paradigm shifting because this is a complete departure from all this talk about boosting your immune system. Nobody needs their immune system boosted. Our immune systems are already running in a state of overdrive in low-grade inflammation because of the modern living conditions. What we need is to restore balance to the immune system. We need that guardrail back up so the immune system can calm down and the body can function normally. Um, and I think, you know, the COVID climate certainly um, galvanized attention around immune health and people um, uh, looking for solutions. But even, even more broadly than that, I think COVID changed the landscape for personal agency around health. So you know, there's like a broader movement happening with decentralization. Um, we talk about a lot in the, in the financial markets with cryptocurrency coming in and displacing, you know, the incumbents like big banks and, you know, the Fed. And then it's happening in publishing and there's a lot of, you know, independent um, journalism outlets popping up um, rather than, you know, the, the, the large newspapers and publishing houses but it's happening in medicine too. Like the traditional gatekeepers, the doctor's offices, the hospitals, that's not where people are going anymore to access health tools. People don't go to their, their doctor for the latest, like how can, I, how can I get healthier and be better? People are hungry to learn for themselves. They wanna be empowered. They're taking control of, of their own health. And so they, they want the information, they want the education. Um, they're interested to learn about 
um, their immune systems and how products are working. And they, they want the social proof of other people's experiences. Like we're, we're living in a different kind of um, landscape when it comes to health and wellness tools generally. And so I think we're differentiated in that education, um, within that education piece, because we're talking about this, this barrier um, and, and it, it kind of just ma it makes sense. <laughs> it's, it's, um, it's intuitive when you, when you can introduce it to people. And so the reception has been um, one of, um, you know, people are, are, are open to, to trying something new. It makes sense. Um, we, we certainly have um, had, you know, customers with, with really great experiences who are excited to evangelize the product. Um, but it's the, the, the landscape has just changed and it's very favorable for a product like ours, which is so data-driven. There's so much science around it. Um, and we're already primed to think about this barrier just in a different way. Um, so th those are my kind of inklings about why, why it might've been uh, the, the adoption it has, there's been so, so much openness around the adoption. And I, let me tell you, I have a lot of customers who are have dairy intolerant and they do very well with the product. They're willing to take that risk and buy vegans who use the product. I think there's, just, there's just a broader audience around this than, than the buckets we typically think of. I think too, like the fact that you uh, have such an intimate relationship with the product and also the benefits that you saw, like the entire company uh, has a different energy around it uh, in terms of like the marketing that you put out isn't really marketing in general. It's purely yeah. just uh, yeah. like research essentially or presenting research in a way that's easily absorbed for somebody who's not always looking at research. And I feel like in today's startup landscape, that's pretty rare that you have uh, people running the brand who have such a deep understanding of the science and uh, like structure of the product from the ground up. Yeah, and I, I, res I respect my customers. I don't need to talk down or dumb things down for my customers. They want the information. They want to understand. They're hungry for it. And I put the thought and dedication into this product for them that I do for myself because this is something I consume too. I take on a regular basis. I would not put something in my biomedical. I'm a maniac when it comes to my, my personal health. I would not put anything in my body that I had the, the, any reservation about in any capacity. And so I, I do the, the, the diligence for them that I do for myself. Um, and I, yeah, and I, 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 I expect to be held to a high standard by, by them and do right by them. Looking back since launching the brand, also knowing how new it still is. Uh, is there anything that you would have, like any advice, I guess not uh, looking back all the way through the research and development uh, phase is probably even more helpful for you, knowing that that was like multi-year 
endeavor. Uh, <laughs> is there any advice that you would give yourself that would have helped uh, or maybe given you perspective throughout the, the ride that you've been on so far? Also knowing that you left a full-time uh, successful career going into a complete unknown of how things would unfold. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I was prepared for how quick you get humble when you, when you do this. Um, you know, I was a, I was a, I was a doctor and I had a little bit of like sway in my old job. I worked, I worked my way up the hierarchy. And when you leave and you start doing, and you start tinkering in something that's completely outside of the scope of your expertise, you don't know what you're doing. You, you're learning as you go, which is exhilarating and thrilling and terrifying and all of it. But you're also now, you know, cold calling and begging, begging for things. You get knocked, you get knocked off your, you know, Dr. Ray Hall pretty quickly, um, which is, is so, so necessary um, to build anything. You have to completely like, you, you, st you start over. Um, and I don't think I, I realized how, how quickly um, that would happen. And then if, and then just appreciating that such a personal journey that comes with all of this, the, the, the things you think about yourself, um, you know, don't believe too strongly the things you think about yourself. I always considered myself this very conservative risk averse person. Um, and I don't believe any of that anymore. I now, I now realize so many things about my, um, my risk tolerance and, and what I'm willing to do that are really, have given me a new, newfound appreciation for, um, for parts of myself that, that I might've been uh, critical of in the past. So just the being open to, to uh, all sorts of reinvention when you change career paths like that um, is a big learning for me and, and, and still going through it. And it's gonna be an ever, ever evolving process. How, uh, how do you manage like your own mental uh, space knowing that you dove into an environment that was drastically different than even what you imagined it being like? And also that it's ever changing, you know, like you're always in new areas of new learning. Yeah, well, I would just, I'm just going to go back to the, your, your last question first and just tag on to that, which is the, the, also the, the, the shift that happens when you go from being the doctor to the patient um, it was, it was very, um, it was a real teaching moment for me to, to, to all of a sudden become uh, the one in need of medical services rather than the one providing them. Um, and then, you know, how to, how to manage all of those, those moving pieces. Um, you know, I've, I've, in terms of my, my personal self-care practices, I found journaling to be very um, helpful and um, mindfulness, um, microdosing. Um, 
uh, with psilocybin, I think is, um, is also something that, uh, um, that can be really um, just uh, deep in your relationship with yourself. Uh, and uh, I think all of those at, at, different, at different parts and different combinations uh, along the way have been part of um, my, my self-care practices for managing entrepreneurship, for managing health challenges, um, the, the places in the Venn diagram where those overlapped. Um, yeah. Knowing the mission, like, and also the uh, deeper story behind the brand, it feels like you're on like a life mission. Uh, you know, like some founders that you talk to have much shorter time horizons that they're working towards or uh, even interested in working towards. How do you view like your time horizon towards what you're wanting to build? And maybe it's that you don't have one. Um, I, I remain open and this, is, um, this, is, this, this chapter is very much about building awareness around this for, forgotten superfood that is so um, uniquely, uniquely helpful for um, the circumstances we find ourselves in today. Um, and I, I feel very passionate about um, sharing the message and um, encouraging as many people um, to experiment and try uh, to incorporate it into their, into their daily routine as possible because it's, it's so simple and um, can really be impactful. Um, and I'm, I, I clearly have a much, you know, broader vision for service. Uh, service is very much something that, that draw, has driven me at, at every chapter and it just takes different forms. It iterates in different ways. Um, you know, I, I had a chapter as a physician providing service that way. Um, this is what I'm doing now. And I've uh, no doubt that there'll be a, a next chapter or several after this with some other iteration. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk. I love the brand and product. Uh, I took it this morning. And, uh, Amazing. I knew you fan. had an extra glow. <laughs> <laughs> huge fan of what you're building. So thank you again. Bread, receive, bread, receive, bread, receive.